I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. By the way, if you miss any part of the show, as always, on the ESPN app or on iTunes, search Lakers Talk. Uh, you'll get the full two hours. We're an hour in now. Max Kellerman was on earlier, so I appreciate that. A uh, quick shout-out to one of our sponsors, Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home with a 15-minute drive through oil change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and coupons today. Uh, thank you to one of our uh, sponsors. Obviously, Valvoline's been there for uh, quite a while now. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Okay, top NBA stories. Let me start off with this. The play- playoff series that I'm most looking forward to. There's some good matchups. Now, I know the we can't tell the full story yet because we got to see what happens with all these playing games. But let me go to the series that I think will actually be interesting and entertaining. Eastern Conference has some good series. That number three, number six matchup, Miami and Milwaukee. If you're the Bucks right now, you know how bad I wanted to see Brooklyn face Miami in the first round? I thought that'd be a good matchup. Um... I know Miami didn't have all that good of a regular season, 40 and 32. I know nobody thought they'd be a sixth seed, especially after representing the Eastern Conference in the Orlando bubble. You don't want to really play the Miami Heat in the first round. You definitely don't want to play the Miami Heat if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, this could easily be a seven-game set, at least six games. Um, I expect Milwaukee to win, but I think it's a real series. You know, it's interesting. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the conversation about him these last couple of years, I can't even have a, a real conversation with Michael Thompson in the pregame show about Giannis and the Bucks. He's like, I don't care. Until I see them do something in the playoffs, why am I going to pay any attention to them? And then here they are. They, they have the toughest road to the NBA Finals. They're not getting to the NBA Finals, by the way. They got to go through Miami. Then they got to go through Brooklyn. Then they got to go through Philly. And then they got to wait for hopefully the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I think that series is a really, really good matchup in the first round. Um, I still think Milwaukee will win the series, but that's one that you know you could definitely look out for. Okay, another good matchup. Stay in the Eastern Conference. Knicks and Atlanta, both 41 and 31. Uh, the 4-5 matchup. The Knicks with home court. They're starting at Madison Square Garden. How cool is that? I mean, for both of these teams. I actually like Atlanta in this series. Um, as as great of a season as Julius Randle has had, as great as a season as the Knicks have had, as great as Tom Thibodeau has done this year for the New York Knicks, I, I like this young, Trey Young-led team with the Atlanta Hawks, and I think this is another one of those series that could easily go six, seven games, can go either way. And out of all the series that are set right now, I think the Eastern Conference has two really, really good uh, matchups the only thing, the only other thing that I could see happen, Boston's not going to make much noise in the playing tournament. Let's say they get out and they, you know, obviously become one of the top eight. Without Jalen Brown, they're not going to make that much noise. The Wizards could be interesting. Imagine if it's Wizards and Brooklyn in the first round, just to see Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. Not like it's going to be much of a series, uh, but I think that's got a little bit of a storyline to it. Okay, the Western Conference. I don't think Clippers and Dallas is going to be much, unfortunately. I think the Clippers are just going to handle the Dallas Mavericks and and get ready for the Utah Jazz in the second round. Uh, But I do think this Denver-Portland series is incredibly exciting. I think both teams think, hey, Denver's thinking in their head, even without Jamal Murray, one of our best players, we can make the second round. 
And if it's the Lakers and you lose to the Lakers and, you know, obviously a seven-game set, or I'm not saying they're going to go seven games, but a best of seven, then you kind of say, okay, we did what we could. We'll try to retool, get Jamal Murray back next year and make a run from there. If you're the Blazers, you're looking at Denver and saying, we could definitely beat the Nuggets. Uh, we'll take our chances, and they could try to get to the second round. So that's another good matchup. So for me, what I see here is um, Knicks-Atlanta. Milwaukee, Miami, and Denver-Portland are the best first-round matchups. When it comes to the play-in, if Golden State ends up number 8 and it's Warriors-Utah, I think that would be a fun series to watch. Utah will handle things. And then, of course, if it's Lakers-Suns, I already gave you guys my opinion on that. Um, okay, a couple more uh, top NBA stories I want to get into. So LeBron yesterday in the postgame show talked about how he thinks Steph Curry should be MVP. And um, Max and I spent a little bit of time on this. Basically, I, I'm, I'm, I fall right along the lines of where Kellerman is on this. Uh, Steph's resume versus Jokic. So Steph averaging 32 points a game, 5.5 rebounds, 5.8 assists. They are 8th place in the Western Conference. Nikola Jokic, 26 points a game, 10.8 rebounds, and 8.3 assists, third place in the Western Conference. The dude's a center, and he plays like a guard. Um, you know, listen, I I, I will I, – I get what Steph Curry's been doing as of late. They're eighth place in the Eastern Conference. Jokic without Jamal Murray, and for most of the um, – since April, without Will Barton as well, another starter for them – He's got the Denver Nuggets sitting in third place in the Western Conference. I know Jokic might be one of the more boring players in the NBA if you know, you're know you not a huge NBA fan. I know Steph Curry is kind of the NBA darling, and I get why. I mean, Steph Curry is exciting. The way he plays is unbelievable. You can't keep your eyes off of him. Watch him yesterday against Memphis, shooting shots over three dudes from the Grizzlies, pull up from 35 feet. He's an exciting player. He's not the MVP. Jokic should be the MVP this year. Unfortunately, LeBron James missed too many games. Embiid missed too many games. Harden missed too many games and was in Houston for a portion of the you know early part of the season. So I think you take all that into consideration. Tip your hat to Jokic and what the Denver Nuggets have did to grab that number three spot. If I'm picking between one of those two guys, it's Jokic, and it's kind of a no-brainer to me. Okay, last NBA story that I want to get into. Lonzo Ball is set to be a restricted free agent for the Pelicans, um, I asked uh, I asked Michael yesterday since Lakers were playing the Pelicans, just you know talking about some of the old Laker young players, and um, we spent some time talking about Lonzo Ball, and I was telling him that I, I hope my hope is that Lonzo Ball ends up with another team. Now he was quote quoted as saying he would love to return with the Pelicans. Um, but really, I'll actually read the exact quote. He said, that's a conversation between me and my agent moving forward, but obviously I would love to be back. I built a bond here with the coaches and the teammates who are here. I definitely wouldn't mind coming back at all. Um, but let me just kind of – I feel like Lonzo Ball is not getting a fair shake wherever he goes. The dude has talent. He just got to be with a team that appreciates what he brings to the table and there's the right players complimented around him. The reason why New Orleans – probably most likely won't work with them. Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson are your ball handlers. Lonzo's got to have the ball in his hand. One of the unique things about Lonzo is he doesn't need the ball in his hand because he wants to score. He needs the ball in his hand because he wants to distribute. If you can find him on a team, find a team where you know that's his primary role and he can play to his advantages and his strengths, I'd love to see Lonzo end up uh, somewhere else. 
Uh, okay, that's our top NBA stories. Um, when we come back, we're going to spend a little bit of time on this. And you're more than welcome to chime in. By the way, uh, Mark Spears, he's coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Mark Spears, who uh, is senior NBA writer for ESPN's The Undefeated. This question I'm going to throw out to Laker fans. So it's kind of interesting. Coming into the season, I know Laker fans were very, very confident about winning an NBA championship. You had reason to, right? Dennis Schroeder. Montrez Harrell. I go down the list of some of the offseason acquisitions the Lakers made. You you got incredibly excited. Were you more confident on the Lakers winning a championship before the season started than you are now? Or are you more confident now as you sit here and we're about to start this playoff run about the Lakers uh, championship um, uh, hopes? 877-710-ESPN. We'll do that coming up next. Thank you for uh, being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll go till uh, 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, Throw out a a question to Laker fans out there, and I'm going to take a few calls right now. You're more confident where the Lakers are sitting right now than you were before the season started? Or were, did you have more confidence before the season started of winning an NBA championship? And I, the only reason why I propose that question is a lot has changed since the season began. Off season, you had, you know, you, you had some some new pieces come in: the Montrez, the Dennis Schroeder, one guy that had won um, a Six Man of the Year award, another one that was runner up. You thought Marcus Saul. I'm assuming most people thought he'd be a good fit, and I don't think that panned out the way we thought. Wesley Matthews, I don't think it panned out the way we thought, but then. You know, you kind of look at this Lakers roster right now. Drummond made his way. Ben McLemore made his way. But there's more question marks about the health of the Lakers than it was prior to the season starting. Uh, let's start off with, let's go to David in Glendale. David, how are you feeling right now about the Lakers? How confident, I guess you could say? Is more confidence now than before the season or vice versa? Um, right now, the confidence level is higher than when uh, LeBron and AD were injured. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I have a, a concern with the Warriors game. I think uh, they, have, they have someone that might be looking for payback against LeBron. His name is um, uh, Wiggins because LeBron shipped him out from uh, Cleveland to get the, because he was the number one pick. And I feel like Wiggins might be having an explosive game to prove to LeBron that he's uh, he's an NBA player. It, it's I, listen, David. I I get the angle. It's a lot. I get the angle. Um, LeBron was obviously trying to win championships with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and that's you know obviously that's all that mattered at that time. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the difference of the game. I, I do think that if the Warriors are going to beat the Lakers on Wednesday. Uh, Steph's going to be dropping 40-plus. Wiggins is going to put 20 points or more. Draymond Green's going to need a triple-double. They're going to have to play near-perfect basketball if they're going to beat the Lakers in that one game. If for the Lakers, just kind of look at it from the the Lakers' perspective, it's actually much more the other way. 
for the Lakers, it's you just got to play your basketball. You just got to, all you have to do is just do what you've been doing all season long. And I know they haven't, it's not like they've all been there together and we have 50 games that we can talk about everybody playing together. Um, but the Lakers on paper, this this really shouldn't be a game. That's my, my honest opinion. I don't think it should be a game on paper. Um, you know, it's interesting when I, when I look at, I kind of play out that question for myself. So more confident about right now or more confident before the uh, season started? Only concern is that it's one game. If it was a series, yeah, Lakers win hands down. Pre- appreciate you calling in, David. That's- appreciate you calling in. Thank you. Thought David was gone there. I, I, I came out of nowhere. <laughs> David. Uh, I thought I was talking to myself here. Another voice came in. Um, the, uh, the one thing I will say about before the season to where we are right now, um, the Harden going to the Brooklyn Nets is obviously a huge, huge deal that we didn't know before the season started. Lakers roster, I think, got better since the uh, since the season ended as well. So that's you know obviously another thing. Or uh, since the season began, the the question, and I I know this is going to be the conversation. It just comes down to the Lakers' health. You know, it's funny. Yesterday I was doing the post game show, and I had. I definitely heard people giving some – there were a lot of questions about why LeBron was playing in that fourth quarter. I actually wanted to address this, and I addressed it a little bit in the postgame show. Um, why was LeBron playing in the fourth quarter? So he tweaks that same right ankle again. I mean, the freaking luck that he tweaks that same right ankle again, and this is against a meaningful, meaningless game against the, um, against the Pelicans. The point that I was trying to make last night was he was in the game not because the Lakers were trying to beat the Pelicans. He sat for 20 games, came back for two, left in that game against the Toronto Raptors, then sat for another six, and then tried playing in those final two games, right? Um, He needs to get some run, needs some game time before the postseason starts. They, They were not trying to win the game. I think he was in that game for one reason and one reason only. Um, they were trying to get him ready for the postseason. And I'm sure LBJ's got, you know, obviously a big part to do with that. Uh, coach will give his suggestions, but LeBron knows himself, his body, 18 years in the league, uh, you know, a champion with three different teams. I don't need to sit here and tell you the resume of LeBron. I was not upset that LeBron was in towards the end of that game simply because I knew why he was in. It's about getting some kind of run before the uh, before the postseason uh, starts. Okay, final quick call here, and then we're uh, going to go to Mark Spears. Uh, D'Angelo in Woodland Hills. What's going on, D'Angelo? Uh, not much, man. Hey, you know, I honestly believe that, like you said, uh, you know, the Lakers aren't going uh, aren't to back down from Steph, uh, Steph Curry-led Warriors team. I mean, we're talking about one guy. One guy can get hot, but at the end of the day, is this guy going to be playing all 48 minutes? I don't think so. And also, with the will of LeBron James and, uh, and Anthony Davis, even if they are maybe minute restricted, I still don't think it's going to be a game at the end of the day. And D'Angelo, I, I hope you're right, and that's what I genuinely feel, right? Like it's, it's not, I'm not saying it just to say it. I'm not saying it to just pump up Laker fans or anything like that. That's how I, I honestly feel it shouldn't be a game now. It's up to the Lakers to go out there and make it happen, but I appreciate you calling in. When we come back, we'll get a chance to connect with Mark Spears, senior NBA writer for ESPN's The Undefeated. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.
Are you tired of uncomfortable, stuffy clothing when you're on the move? Task Performance is here to revolutionize your active lifestyle. Crafted with their innovative organic cotton and bamboo fabric blend, Task Performance's Carrollton Collection is Task's all-time most popular active wear. Task Carrollton Collection is breathable, moisture-wicking, and provides USPF 50-plus sun protection, keeping you fresh, cool, and comfortable all day long. Task has harnessed the natural performance qualities of bamboo to deliver amazingly soft and durable apparel produced in an ethical and sustainable manner. Whether you're hitting the gym or on the trail, the golf course, traveling, the office, or just around town, Task Carrollton Collection will help you feel better, move better, and live better. Available in dozens of colors. See what better looks like at taskperformance.com. Use code SPORTS to get 20% off. That's code SPORTS at TASCperformance.com. Task, creating the most comfortable performance apparel on the planet. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Very excited to have Mark Spears, senior NBA writer for ESPN's The Undefeated, taking some time. Mark, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you doing this, especially as we uh, uh, get closer to the playing tournament coming up on Wednesday. How are you doing? Man, life is good. Just got back from the Hall of Fame and uh, was able to host a press conference on Friday, which was amazing. It was just an incredible weekend. So it really was uh, blessed to be a part of the event. Well, Mark, you know what? In this legendary class. Let, let let me say let me say this. Let let's go to that here. We can uh, we'll talk Lakers Warriors in a second. Um, share some of that experience with you. You know, we, we obviously uh, everybody here in LA got a chance to um, watch it on TV, and it was certainly special. Your experience. You're walking away from it. What what did you take away from those couple of days? Uh, w- would love for you to share your thoughts. Well. Um... You know, Friday was amazing because I did the press conference, and obviously there's Tim Duncan and you know, Kevin Garnett, who I covered, writing uh, for the Boston Globe for two years. Covered when he won a, cha- won a championship. If you see him, y'all, anything is possible. That's me behind him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it was special. Obviously, it would have been more special if Kobe Bean Bryant was there. Um, I, you know, had a chance to get to know him pretty well, and you can only imagine what how much of a light he would have been that whole weekend now. Mm-hmm beautiful it would have been to have him there. Um, and I don't know if the world would ever, you know, get over it, but what happened and what we lost. Um, but Saturday night, I mean, and I wrote about it and undefeated. I wrote a story about it. You know, I think Vanessa did an amazing job of making something that was bittersweet um, celebratory. Uh, I think she, Vanessa Bryant did a great job of, like, you know, uh, talking about his Kobe's career, him being a father, um, you know, what all his accomplishments meant to him, what the people meant to him, and uh, just just even made you laugh. She had that one-liner about, you know, what he would be saying from heaven. And <laughs> right. so I think when everybody walked out of the Mohegan Sun Casino, uh, they were upbeat and not down, hmm. you know what I mean? And uh, you have to... I even think in, in the clothes that she wore, it set the tone. You know, she went to get his, uh, with her oldest daughter, Natalia, the Hall of Fame jacket on Friday night. She had an all-white pantsuit on. And the next night, uh, the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony, induction ceremony, she had a purple dress and a, with a purple heart. Um, obviously, the memorial, she wore a black dress. So... I, th- I think, you know, with her clothing in each occasion, she was trying to set the mood that she was trying to present. Hmm. 
well put there, Mark. I, you know, I, 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 I felt like, and this is something that you know, it's a, it's a good conversation for sports talk radio. But she said something during her Hall of Fame during the speech, and she mentioned that. Um, it was so important for Kobe to try to play in every single game. And there was a reason for it because somebody was going to be sitting in that 300 level and they never been to a game before. And this was a chance for yeah. you know them to see Kobe one time. Mark, you know, take, take that mentality to where the game is today. And I, I know I'm going a little bit off topic, but just your, your thoughts on that, yeah. because, you know, today we, we deal with the, the load management conversations, a lot of other things that come yeah. up is, is, is the game going away from trying to, you know, appreciate and respect every single game of the regular season. You think? I think it's mutually exclusive to the player. Cause you know, if you look at Steph Curry, I think, Curry was missing some games, and then he, I remember he missed a game in Denver, mm. and somebody wrote a letter saying how crushed they were that he missed that game because mm. they drove from a long way to see him, you know. And I, I do think that stars of the league uh, carry a different burden uh, in terms of you know every game is, especially if you're like if you live in LA, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to see LeBron and AD play mm-hmm. if you want to, right? But if you're a fan of his and you live in Charlotte, they come by one time. Absolutely. And so if they miss that game and you got that Christmas present hmm. to see LeBron play, to see AD play, to see the Lakers play, and their stars don't play, you still go. But, you know, it certainly is not the same experience, hmm. you know, and uh, it's disappointing. I saw Michael Jordan play with the Bulls once. Mm-hmm. Um when I was a senior in high school, uh, I remember the, I always give him a shout out to Carrera family in San Jose. Uh, Sandra Carrera uh, was a cheerleader on my high school basketball team, and her dad actually worked with my dad. And they had an extra ticket to see the Bulls against the Warriors um, in 1989, I believe. Hmm. And they invited me to come. And it was actually a pretty good seat. And I still remember, like, Pippen had a better game that night. Jordan was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got to saw, see Jordan play with the Bulls. Obviously, as a professional, I got to see him play with the Wizards, but there was that one time, like if Jordan wouldn't have played that game, I would have been sick. But I do have the experience of having, yeah, it was just once, but I do have the experience of having seen Michael Jordan play in a Bulls uniform. And you're still telling that story today, right? I mean, that that's how impactful yeah. that something yeah. like that can yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Mark Spears, so, senior... I also, and you'll you'll laugh at this, mm-hmm. or appreciate this, is, is somebody in, in obviously Lakerdom. I saw Kareem's one of my presents. I wanted. I saw Kareem's last game in Oakland. Wow! I asked my dad. I said, Dad, I want to see Kareem's last game when the Lakers play Golden State. His last game in Oakland. Mm-hmm. So he he got his tickets for my birthday. <laughs> and the one thing I always remember. It was fascinating to me. Was that the Warriors gave him a yacht, like a boat? And not not a boat, like a you know a giant boat, but sure, a boat sure. that you could take out in Santa Monica, Marina del Rey, or mm-hmm. something like that. And you, think, I was like, just <laughs> I'm like, they gave him a boat. They gave the captain a boat. I just remember sitting in the whole game. I'm like, Dad, they gave him a boat. That is amazing. How crazy is that? You that, know, that is amazing. Because that's that's when you know that anytime those guys retire, they they would go around the legends and say a speech, you know, magic 
And I don't know if he got to do it because of the circumstances of his career, but Bird did it. Dr. J did it. Kareem mm-hmm. did it. And I just remember how magnificent that was that I was able to see Kareem's last game uh, in Oakland. Well, that, that's a, I, I like the way you kind of tied that back to Mark Spears, a senior writer for NBA, senior NBA writer for ESPN's The Undefeated. I like how you tied that back to what we were talking about with Vanessa Bryant and that speech on Kobe. And, you know, obviously these are memorable moments that, you know, even somebody 30 years later, 40 years later will remember. So I could see why that's obviously um, that was important for somebody like Kobe. And that's not to say that there are not players out there that play the game today with that same mentality and kind of keep those little things in mind. Um, Mark, I I, got to ask you, you know, there's nobody I'd rather get an opinion from on this game coming up on Wednesday, specifically from the Golden State Warriors side. I, I, I want... What should Laker fans expect on Wednesday night when they play a Warriors team that's won eight and nine? Steph Curry playing as good as basketball as anybody in the league. Um, expect Steph Curry to be phenomenal. Uh, I mean, that's what they should expect. Um, yeah, that's a scary guy to play in uh, one game. I mean, but you also have, you know, LeBron um, playing in one game too. Um, uh, the interesting thing is, you know, it's essentially like playing in a game seven, mm-hmm. although the loser doesn't die. There's certainly another opportunity, but for whoever loses, Friday's going to be in that house. Mm-hmm. Friday will be like an NCAA tournament game. And um, so, no, but I, I, I certainly uh, look forward to seeing it, a battle royal between two of the greatest stars. Um, and obviously, AD and Draymond are no slouch as well. So it'll be um, – um, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll see you, Alex. I'll be there. We'll so, both be there. We'll be ready um, to go. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm telling people, like, based on the, you know, lack of access, um, I'm just going to what I call the Grim Reaper games. And, and that certainly is a Grim Reaper game. You know, <laughs> something, something's going to die that night. And uh, I, 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 I'll be able to be there for it. Mark, final one, and uh, we'll let you go. And I, I really do appreciate and value your time. Um, how do you think things play out? I, I know, I know that uh, I know it's anything can happen in one game. Um, but you're as knowledgeable in the NBA as anybody. Uh, this Lakers team, I think, uh, are well positioned, obviously, to make a championship run. But anything can happen in one game. How do you think Wednesday yeah. night plays out? Um, I, I think the Lakers will be aided by playing at home. And a little bit of crowd, I'm sure, will be quite loud. Um, I think these back-against-the-wall situations will bring the best out of LeBron. The one thing that the the Lakers could do, I mean, I don't know that you could stop uh, Steph Curry at all, but the one thing that is a huge weakness for him is their lack of size. Hmm. So it's going to be imperative that AD have a monster game. If AD has a monster game, I think they'll beat him. The, the mistake that the Memphis Grizzlies had the other day was Valanciunas, who isn't in AD's league, mm-hmm. was destroying the Warriors. And then they stopped going to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they turned perimeter. I know the Warriors are like, why are you giving them this scouting report? <laughs> but <laughs> I think if, if you force-feed AD, mm-hmm. he's going to get, you know, force-feed Drummond. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem because they have no size to counter it. So they're going to have, and, and LeBron is also good at playing bully ball as well. Mm-hmm. So it, I think if they basically Goliath 
like be a Goliath against them because they're certainly a David and and use that size to pound them. You know, David's not going to win this time. Why? Well, so, um, but the, on the flip side, there is nothing that they can stop that, that can stop Steph. So, hmm. you know, those are twos versus threes. But I, I do think that if you're controlling the boards and getting a bunch of uh, easy easy dunks and, and lands and putbacks because of your size, you should be able to win the game. So, um, I, if I'd uh, be a betting man, I'd, I'd pick the Lakers. Well, Mark, and if Lakers are going to win a championship, right? That that size and that you know that the combination you're talking about, yeah. AD size drumming, matters, man. That, it that, does matter on this level. That could be the difference. So, yeah. uh, Mark, thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you on Wednesday, and uh, I'm sure we're going to have a great game on our hands at Staples Center. All right, that is uh, Mark Spears right there. We got uh, Kellerman, we got Spears tonight, so we got a we got a great show. Uh, if you miss, by the way, any part of the show, ESPN app or on iTunes, just uh, search Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Um, okay, we got one segment left. When we come back, uh, Jared Dudley gave his thoughts on some teams potentially tanking to avoid the Lakers. LeBron on facing Steph Curry and the Warriors. All that coming up next. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Stay right here. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine. Especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. So teams that were avoiding the Lakers coming into the playoffs. Take a listen to Jared Dudley yesterday who... Uh, finally back with the Lakers, was obviously out for a significant amount of time. Take a listen to Jared Dudley on teams like the Clippers tanking these last couple of games. Here's Dudley uh, in the postgame show yesterday. Every person has their own opinion and stuff like that. I personally, uh, I'm obviously a T. Lou guy, and you would have hated to then play their guys going for the three seed and either Kawhi or Paul George or one of the main guys have an injury. And just because you're trying to, you know, move up to the three where – I mean, let's just be honest. It's not really a big home court advantage, uh, a huge home court advantage right now. I think the only team really is Utah that has like 12,000. So that's really the only team. I think I think we're at, what, 45, 50% capacity. So, um, I mean, some some people are avoiding. I mean, I, I would say for Denver, I mean, if you, it's smart by Denver. It's for Denver to win this game, to be able to play Portland instead of us. You don't want to play the champs. Let's just be honest. I, I, it's not avoiding. You don't. You want to wait and play the best teams later on. Give yourself the best possible chance. Maybe they lose. Maybe they don't. So I, I don't call it avoiding. I call it just good strategy. So this is um, this is a point I made earlier, and I'm going to go back to it. And I heard Jared Dudley say this yesterday. Steve was nice enough to pull this up. It, it's a uh, it's a perfect kind of compliment to what I was talking about. And I mentioned it right as I was starting my show. I, I was listening to some of the different callers who were on with Sedano, LZ, and Cap. Uh, obviously, they're right on before this, 4 to 7 p.m. Um, I, I think, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And, and nobody wants to play the Lakers. Why Why would you want to face the Lakers in the first round? How can that be a good strategy if you can, if you can kind of work your way around it? Do I think teams were... Um, losing on purpose? Yes. Do I blame them? No. <laughs> I really I really don't blame them. I mean, the Lakers look, I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, hopefully I'm not eating my own words here. Lakers are gonna take care of business on Wednesday against the Warriors. They will. 
And once they do that, they're going to get the Phoenix Suns in the first round. The Suns are going to have finished with the second best record, not just in the West, in the entire NBA. They were one game away from tying the Utah Jazz and having the tiebreaker best record in the NBA. You know what the, you know what they're going to get for that regular season accomplishment? They're going to get LeBron and Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond and Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell. Go down the list. I haven't even mentioned Kuz and THT and Caruso and KCP. I mean, the Lakers are just freaking stacked. And that's what the Phoenix Suns are going to get as a reward for having that type of a season. Denver losing to the Portland Trail. But by the way, if Denver tried winning that game, there's no guarantee that they would win. But the fact that they lost that game yesterday tells me they pretty much put their hands up. Eh, no, thank you. The Clippers didn't play anybody in their last two games against Houston and against the Oklahoma City Thunder. There's a reason for it. And again, I don't blame them. I know people are going to say that could come back and haunt them. You know, why are you trying to dodge certain teams? No, I was I was sitting here on the same microphone a week ago saying I'd prefer not playing the Clippers in the first round. I was giving Michael the analogy. I said, Michael, you'd like a nice steak dinner, right? He's like, of course I do. I'm like, all right, do you just go and get the main meal right away? He goes, no, why would I do that? I get the, first I get the bread and then I get a salad. I order a glass of wine and then I get to the, you know, to the entree. I'm like, that's my analogy of the Lakers in the playoffs. Can we get some appetizers first? Can we start working on the small dishes before we get to the main dish? Can we have a glass of wine before we get to our steak? And that's uh, that's kind of my thought process on that. Um, let me play this real quick. This is uh, LeBron James on facing uh, Steph Curry and the Warriors. You cannot replicate a game seven, especially, you know, with the first game, you know, and uh, I've always treated game ones like a fill out game, but obviously you don't have that, uh, you don't have that luxury in a play-in game. So, you know, we just got to play to the best of our ability. We got to play Lakers basketball. We got to defend at a high rate. You know, we, we're, we're playing, in my, in my opinion, the MVP of our league this year and, and Steph. So, you know, we got to be, you know, prepared for everything that they have. They got championship DNA as well. You know, they've been there. You know, they know what it takes and what it feels like to be in pressure game. So, you know, we got to be ready for that opportunity and for that uh, for that pressure. All right, uh, next Lakers talk that I have will, won't will be until after the playing tournament. We'll know who we're playing in the first round. So, uh, obviously, a lot's going to happen next time that we share a mic with you guys. Quick shout-out to Steve Paulette. Thank you for everything. Um, all the Laker fans out there that picked up the phone and called, I'm telling you, there's nothing I, I love doing more than talking to Laker fans, and especially the position that we're in right now with the playoffs coming up. We're go- we're about to do Lakers talk on social. So ESPN uh, Los Angeles, all our uh, social platforms. Appreciate you guys tuning in. LA, as always, have a great rest of your night.